Welcome along to the latest episode of the Loftcast. I'm Ian Taylor from the QPR media team and today I'm joined by club ambassador Andy Sinton and my media colleague Paul Morrissey. We've got a jam-packed show this week as we look back on Saturday's impressive display in our 1-1 draw against Sheffield Wednesday at Hillsborough as well as previewing two big games in a week, Wednesday's trip to Norwich City and the visit of Hull City to Loftus Road this weekend. Plus on top of that we'll be hearing from this man. Washington gets involved. Mackie is fed for yes! the opening goal! It's in there. Brilliant pass from Luke Freeman and Jamie Mackey gets Queen's Park Rangers the lead at Sheffield Wednesday. Guys, only one place to start, I guess. A 1-1 draw against Sheffield Wednesday on Saturday afternoon. A point gained or two dropped? <laughs> Great chance for five minutes to go to win it. But I would say a point gained, you know, you'd have took that driving up the M1 on Saturday afternoon. Um, fans travelling up from London, it's always going to be a difficult game. Good side, who've done well over the last couple of years. So, uh, so yeah, an impressive performance and a, a really, really good point. Sheffield Wednesday is uh, arguably one of the toughest places to go in the Championship. It's nice often to get those ones out of the way early in the season because you know when points are at a premium later in the campaign, it can be really, really difficult. And they're a side that seem to get in their groove the longer the season goes on. But we kept them quiet in the opening 10, 15 minutes. And then after that, we got that opening goal and it was well-deserved when it arrived. Yeah, we said before the game started, if we can start against Sheffield Wednesday the way we started against Reading, that could really help us out because their fans, despite having back-to-back playoff finishes, were actually a little bit restless in the lead-up to that game because obviously a disappointment on the opening day. Uh, they overcame Chesterfield in the Carabao Cup, but there was... Like a yeah, there wasn't a great feeling. Which well, there was, was a training ground spat, wasn't there? Or certainly, the press are reporting there was a training ground spat in the build-up to the game. Forestieri and Sam Winner, who obviously had a say late on in the end, um, in the second half, early in the second half, I should say. But having been in and around the press area, everybody was talking about mm. Sheffield Wednesday and the problems they were having. And yet, if you rewind it two weeks, everybody was talking about oh, QPR in crisis before a ball's even been kicked. It's yeah. amazing how it just turns, isn't it? That's football. We, you know, we've all been in the game long enough to understand that. But, uh, but yeah, Paul's quite right. You know, Sheffield Wednesday. Um, it's a bit like Newcastle sometimes. You know, your crowd can be a, a real plus, but mm. it can be a, a negative. And because of the way we played in the first half, they were re- the natives were really restless. You know, a few moans about. I think they got booed off the week before when they lost to Preston. So, um, but you know, flip that round. That was credit to the way we played and started the game. And Ian Holloway named an unchanged side. Um, despite uh, the social media an hour before the game suggesting otherwise because we made a cock up yet we'll hand up, hold our hands up to that we announced two teams and they were both wrong but we got there third time lucky we got there in the end um, but he did name an unchanged 11 didn't he and you could see that there's I mean continuity breeds success doesn't it and you could see that those 11 players from the, from the outset were really thriving in confidence yeah and it's what Sins has spoken about a few times about building the partnerships and Afterwards, we were all talking about, again, the, the three in midfield who were, were so crucial to, to the success and to the way we started the game. They just seem to work so well and the way Scoin sits back a little bit and allows Luongo and Freeman the licence to get forward. They know they've almost got that anchor in the centre of the park, which is Scoin. And Scoin was absolutely magnificent. I know in some quarters when we signed him, there was the case of We've signed a free transfer from Barnsley. That doesn't tell the full picture, no. obviously. He was one of their better players in what was an excellent campaign for them last season, and he was out of contract. And it's proved to be a, a brilliant signing because he's, he's just fit in so quickly, so well. And that 
formation seems to suit him perfectly. And it was Scone's midfield partner, Luke Freeman, uh, who alongside Massimo Longo in that midfield three. But it was Freeman that provided the through ball for Mackey's goal and didn't he take it well? Took a great credit to Luke. You know, he's, um, he's drove at the back, uh, the, the back four. Slid in. Great touch from Jamie. You know, really, really composed finish as the, as the keeper come out. You know, delighted for Jamie. You know, he's had a, a frustrating time over the last couple of years since he come back. He's a massive crowd favourite here with his, you know, the way he approaches the game and what he's like in and around the place. But, you know, he's had a, he's had a full pre-season. He looks fit. He looks sharp. He looks hungry. And, um, I say, delighted for him. If anything, at half-time, you go in 1-0 up at Hillsborough, you, you should be delighted. But if anything, it was similar to the opening day. You mm. think we probably should have had a second, if not a third, because we got ourselves into some great positions, but all too often. And I was, I was thinking, this is where we need an Andy Sinton to provide that, steady, final, steady. To provide that final <laughs> ball. But it was just that final ball that was missing. Pavel got in some unbelievable areas. I thought he was unbelievable. I thought he had a great game and was probably my man in the match. But... On both both sides, and, and it wasn't just the two wing-backs, it was a midfield three as well, and the front two. It was just that final ball that was missing at times. Yeah, just that little bit of quality. You know, we worked ever so well until that sort of last 20 yards of the pitch where, you know, we got in behind him and in between centre-backs and full-backs time and time and time again. Great movement, great play, uh, pace, good play. We say it's just that little bit of composure, that little bit of quality to pick someone out or... Do you think that will come as the formation develops, if you like? Because it is a relatively new formation. For our pre-season, we didn't use that. And now it seems to be the formation with each week. The players are learning it, understanding it more. And like you say, there were so many times when we broke and we had options. And all right, we arguably didn't make the most of them. But will that develop in time as the formation grows? It can do. Um, And you'd like to think so. But uh, the pleasing thing for me is how we are creating things, how we're getting up the sides of people, how we're getting in behind. And as I say, you've just got to find that moment of quality, the right pass, the right cross, and um, you'll create chance after chance after chance. Conceding so soon after half-time was a real blow, wasn't it? Because for, for 50 minutes, we looked really comfortable, but then they score. And OK, you, know, you could argue Ned Manua perhaps should have cleared his lines, but um, he was excellent apart from that. Um, but to concede so early on was a blow, but having conceded, they regrouped really well. Well, I was, I was on commentary and we we're talking off air uh, during the half-time. They were always going to come, they were always going to come out the traps. They're always going to get a spell, aren't they? Exactly. So, uh, you know, I, I did say whether it was on air or not, you know, the, I, I thought the, the key to us winning the game was how we could not protect, that's the wrong word, but that initial 10 minutes, they came strong, got the goal, I suppose, yeah, poor goal from our point of, uh, point of view, good finish. Then they had a spell of about six or seven minutes when they were really yeah. knocking at the door. Uh, but we rode, for me, we the QPR the of well. last year would have conceded yeah. in that period. That's what I was just going to say. Credit to us. You know, we stood uh, rigid, we stood resolute, and um, you play your way back into the game. Yeah. And, and I thought that was when Scoan in particular really came, came into his own. He, yeah. A couple of, all right, he got, I think he got one wrong on the edge of the box where he conceded a free kick, but the lion's share of times he went for the ball and he nicked it and he made some, some crucial blocks yeah, and he tackles. Just, he just broke things up, you know, which is, which is really part. But what impressed me, you know, his, his energy, not, not only going forward, but he was tracking runners. Mm. He was covering across the, 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 the front of the back uh, three, four, whatever you, you, you want to uh, talk. It. He's winning headers, he's putting his foot in and his use of the ball is really, really, what's the best way of saying, economical but effective. And even with Sheffield Wednesday's penalty appeal as well, it was going that was there blocking at the far post. And that's your central midfielder turning up at your far post to, to block the header. And 
personally, I think it would have been a very, very harsh penalty yeah. because yeah. his arms are by his side him, it? and it's headed at him from a yard. Yeah. It was in front of their main stand and they were, they were appealing for it probably louder than uh, it, it probably justified. Um, one addition that we made last week, Luar Luar is obviously back now on loan and he will provide a different option for Oli, not necessarily in a 3-5-2, but he did come on in a 3-5-2. He played just off, didn't he, when he came on and it was a golden chance with just a couple of minutes left on the yeah, clock. What a, what a chance, you know. Good move, wasn't it? Good again. move. You know, we, again, we get in behind them. Connor very unselfishly squares mm. it and you're just, you know, with someone with his quality, you're just waiting for him to hit the net. And that, at that point, you, you couldn't have argued against that if we'd have gone on and won two. No, I think we would have walked away, you know, with... Um, See what the Sheffield Wednesday manager says after the game. He thought they did enough to win the game. Managers see things differently. But I would have thought that would have been well-deserved and unfortunately just dragged it wide by a foot. It could have been done with been on the pitch a bit sooner. I think it was his that was first touch yeah. to, to have a go. And yeah, it, it was very unlucky, but <laughs> wouldn't that have been fantastic to come away with all three? Just on Powell Showick, uh, Andy, he plays in a wide area like you did, a slightly different role to you did but there was a there was a moment in that second half where I think he had 10 yards behind Barry Bannon and he made it up and he didn't only just make it up he then retrieved the ball and was then on the counter he his energy levels in that position many people looked at him and thought is, is he really a right wing back and he, by his own admission he's probably a right winger but he seems to have settled into that role really well, well I think uh, I spoke to Ollie at the end of last season he said Pavel's one of the fittest players he's had you know I think all the tests show that but his energy his willingness to to work for the team is second to none, you know, uh, the shift he's putting in, he's a threat when he's got the ball, well actually is the position he's been asked to, to fulfil, what he's doing without the ball and he's backtracking to help his team has so far been brilliant. But it's not just his energy level, it's the quality he mm. possesses as well, Miles. It's, it's for me, he's, he is one of the standout wide players in the division. Yeah, and I know we've said this before, but he always looks, doesn't he? He very, very he rarely... absolutely if, shattered. Yeah, he always looks absolutely <laughs> shattered. Ten minutes in, you think, oh, he's struggling. He's but he, he's still got the same energy levels in the 89th minute as he has in the opening minute. But, yeah, his, his work rate is, is incredible. And I suppose that's crucial for that formation to be successful. And you saw all 11 players uh, that ended the game and the backroom staff, including Mark Bertram, Andy and Holloway go and show their appreciation to the fans at the full-time whistle. And they stayed in their numbers, and that's often a show of a job well done. Quite right as well. You know, fans will, like the opening day of the season, fans will respond to what they see on the pitch. And I think so far they've been really encouraged by the start we made, albeit it's only a couple of games against two hard teams, uh, two teams that I think will be up there um, challenging at the end of the season. But that's credit to Ian, Mark, Curtis and all the staff for what they've done uh, during the summer and certainly in the, the first three games of the season, two league games plus the cup. Mark Bertrand has just come in and joined us, uh, mainly to laugh at my black eye. Um, <laughs> I think well, I've just never known such a middle-class injury. Like, <laughs> a squash injury. <laughs> well, how did you do it? Was it Playing like squash. Cro uh, no, not like, croquet. Squash. squash. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's switch matters back to, to keep VR very quickly. Um, you must be delighted with the start we made to the season. Yeah, we, uh, we've done well. It's only early doors, but we, we're quietly confident. I know... There's some worry QPR fans out there. They told me all over the summer that we was going to be rubbish and we've made no signings. But we was quite confident. We said all along that the continuity of keeping the squad together was a, was a big plus. Uh, we've added Sko in there, who's, who's been excellent. He's exactly the player we were uh, looking for. And 
we said that the pre-season was massive for us and, and Ian Holloway pre-season and getting the team together was going to be like signing three or four new players and I think that's that's proved it in the first few games but we haven't done nothing yet we've as you said, it's only like the first three games and we we want to carry it on. So, look, if we win a game, we're not going to get promoted and win the league and win the European Cup. And if we get relegated, we're not going to go out of business and be rubbish. So, <laughs> like, we, it's just, we just got to be consistent. And as long, we're going to lose games, but as long as we lose them in the right way and we're playing and we're playing well, we've just got to keep it going. Three games in, the two wins and the draw. What aspect of the opening three games has pleased you the most? Just our work rate. And togetherness as a team, look, we, we, we worked on, you can talk about formations and you can talk about who's going to play where, but the, the 11 players that we put out there, they've all got to work, know their job and know the, the man's next to them job. And it's, uh, it's it's just, as we said, that is continuity. And if, if we can keep people fit, we've, we've not got a massive squad. So that's massive for us, what we do with the injury prevention and, and the fitness work. We've, we've got to keep our team fit and... It, it's like people have said last year you got to pick the same team but it was hard last year because the, they didn't know how many players were carrying injuries and couldn't play two yeah. games in a week and that, that's a massive thing but we've, we've got a squad that we think's fit physically and mentally and uh, as we said continuity and, and picking p- players and a similar team to the one that played the week before that, that's going to be massive for us and obviously there will be uh, a desire to bring in players between now and the end of the window, but you look at Luar Luar coming off the bench and having a golden opportunity on Saturday. There are players now that can influence the game coming off the bench, albeit Oli, as every manager would, would still want a couple more. Yeah, it's always nice it's always to get, not so much get players that want to come straight in and start, it's getting new players in. It also gives a bit of life to the squad that you've got there, whether it's competition for players or they see new players coming in and thinking, well, we added to the squad and we're a better squad. So you, you knew as a player, if, it, if you're a midfielder and you sign a new, an, another centre midfielder, it's like, yeah, it's my shirt, I want to keep it. So competition for places is a must for any, any good team. Jamie Mackey, thanks for joining us. Another good performance and uh, another good result. Arguably deserved all three points. I think um, on the day, I probably thought we, we, if we had taken the three points, I don't think they would have been a, in their changing room going mental. Like we, we've nicked the game. I think that um, anyone there probably would have said potentially they deserved the three points. Having, having looked at it back and a few chances they had and a few chances we had on balance. You know, potentially a, a point's probably about fair, but um, it's nice to be airing on the side that we were the ones, you know, not hanging on and mm. scraping a point. If anything, like you said, you're debating whether we deserved all three. So that's obviously a good place to be in a, a, a playing away at a club like like Sheffield Wednesday. The manager said openly in the build-up to the game that he's going there for all three points, and afterwards he said, but in hindsight, we'd have probably taken a point before the game so in that respect Andy it was a, a good point that's a great point you know um, driving up the motorway or our fans that we took up there us going up there to watch the game the boys in the hotel you know they're, they're going for three points but someone says before the game you'll you'll walk away here with a point you take that all day up at Sheffield Wednesday yeah I did I did an interview after actually and I said that um, you'll take a point and I didn't mean we'll take a point going yeah, there because actually yeah, yeah. you know what going there 
I actually really fan- with our game plan at the moment. You know, I really fancy us, especially. I almost fancy us more against those kinds of teams because, teams. yeah, because I just think it really suits our style. You know, we're a hungry side, and I think we get about teams, and I think it's perfect for us. So, before the game, I actually wanted the three points. So you are slightly disappointed. In hindsight, the end of the season, I'm telling you now, everyone knows that they're going to beat teams at home yeah. most weeks, so it's a good point in the end. From your point of view, uh, great to get off the mark early in the campaign. Just talk us through that goal. It was a lovely ball through from Luke Freeman. Yeah, I actually said to um, anyone who, who was close to me after the first kind of 10 minutes, that ball's on. And I said it mm. to, I actually specifically said it to Freezy. You might have missed it mega the minute, you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the same yeah, yeah. Week, No, it? that's it. You did my lottery this say, week. What made you say that ball's on? What had you seen in the first 10 that made you feel that? Uh, I think really early on, I got a ball, I came off short and got a ball kind of on the half turn from a throw and I played Connor down the side and I just noticed straight away they played a fairly high-ish line and the two centre-halves could get exposed. They were quite quite big distances between I could just see early on that that ball was for, for us two up front was definitely on um, some teams play a bit deeper than that and, and a bit more compact I think that goes back to my point about playing sides like that at home the onus is on them to, mm. to play football and, and to get out and, and win the game therefore there's a few more yeah. few more gaps and, and they have to play a bit higher if they want to be on the front foot which to be honest suits us down to the ground so um, the, the lads are looking for it I mean obviously you, you're not thinking of it at the time the whole time but it's, it's in the back of your mind and um, you know Freeze he's a fantastic player so he's got that ball ball on and you make the runs you know those kinds of players will find you but it's always good to get it in their head and that they play the ball so yeah that, that ball was on a lot I felt on the weekend and um, maybe we could have utilised it even more but yeah it was nice to get off the mark Striker's instinct it was, a, it was certainly a tidy finish you knew, yeah, definitely. You knew once think, you'd, you'd made contact that it was going to... Yeah, he, he obviously ran out, the keeper running out. I think we, I've done a bit of work in the week with um, with Connor and um, with the coaching staff. We did a bit of uh, finishing, which was nice to do. And uh, Les was out there. So um, to chat with him about finishing, is um, he, he's got a role at the He wasn't bad, was he? No, yeah, you know, he was an amazing finisher. So he, he's at the club and obviously he's in a completely different role Um now than, than playing but to tap into him is obviously invaluable and you know we're working on on keeping the ball low and it gives it gives the um, keeper not a lot of chance to react having said that that finish there was probably the only finish I had on so um, I'm not going to pretend that I, I thought too much about it it, it presented itself like that and um, yeah happy for it to go in and um, please like always first and foremost with the team performance and how we're going forward but um, at the minute I'm being asked to play up front I'm absolutely loving it and um, part of the responsibility of that is to score goals and to get off the mark is, um, is, is good early on in the campaign Did you as players sense that Sheffield Wednesday were there for the taking not just on the pitch but off it there seemed to be a little bit of anxiety on the terraces even before we went one up there were, there were murmurs weren't there? I think it's um, I'm noticing it more and more you know the last expectation yeah levels. the last couple of years I think that not not at that club specifically I just think in the championship in general I think that the prize is always for me to, to play in the Premier League um, and that will never change but I feel for clubs now um, the, the rewards financially to get in the Premier League is massive and clubs like that are spending um, in line with that expectation mm-hmm. so I think that early on um, when you're playing teams like that it's a good good time to play them because their fans are so 
I, I think there's an expectation that they're going to beat teams like that. I'm being totally honest with mm. you, and I, I don't have a problem. I actually find it a, a, a good for a club like us for people to think that because I tell you now, we're not we're not a soft touch, and we're not going to be a rollover for anyone this season. So if they want to think that, then then great. It's almost like we've gone full circle since when you were first here. Obviously, when you first came, we the season before we just avoided relegation to League One. Then we went and won the league, and we went into the Premier League, and arguably we lost our identity a little bit with with what happened. And now we've gone back to basics in terms of the squad that we're building. And do you feel there's a similar hunger in the dressing room now to that season of 2010-11? I do. Um, yeah, I, I definitely do feel that that same or, or more of that desire that we had in that change room. And I think that that is the, the key ingredient to, to getting promoted um, or, or being at the right end of, of the league. I think that um, we, we've got certain players in, or we've got a number of players in the change room who haven't played in the Premier League who, who yeah. I, I really, really believe could. And again, that's similar to that season. Very similar, yeah. And I, I and I agree with you. It's a good. It, I, I'll be honest with you. It's a, like I always am. Um, I, I've told you when I don't think it's great in the change room, and I'll tell you when I think it is. It is good, and it's a good place to be. I mean, obviously, it helps. We've had a couple of results early on, and that that's always going to help. Um, but there's definitely a hunger and a desire in that change room to to kick on um, and try and achieve something. And I think that the, the style of football we've played in the last last few games and how I hope we're going to continue shows that kind of desire and um, energy to, to try and get to the next level. And I think that's a key ingredient for players playing the championship, trying to strive to get forward. We spoke briefly in the tunnel in the immediate aftermath of Saturday's game at Hillsborough and you said that you're feeling good. Pre-season's obviously paying dividends now. For sure, I think um, I spoke to Sins about it in the tunnel, and I, you know, he knows um, we've spoke closely in the last couple of years, um, being an ex-player himself, and um, it, it's been so frustrating the last couple of years on the back of not feeling good. You know, every day has been a been a grind, and I absolutely love my football, um, and, and not having it there and me being able to play at my it's been frustrating probably for other people, but. Mainly for me, it's been mm. it's been a nightmare. So to do to to go away in the summer, um, the guys are great here. The the, the strength and conditioning guys and the, the physio Matt May's um, top draw. So I had a plan through the summer, stuck with it. Obviously, had a good time, had had my off time, and it, it enjoyed the break. But I worked hard in the summer, came back really fit, and um, completed what I'd say you know a full pre-season, give or take a few days that. That anyone would maybe miss, and I've, you know, I definitely feel that a pre-season is vital to to play a campaign, especially when you get a little bit older. Um, if you're a bit younger, I think maybe you can miss a week of pre-season, and yeah. it doesn't matter too much. But now, especially with a few injuries yeah. I've had to complete a pre-season, it gets all of the um, what I call kind of the little knocks and and scrapes out of you, which means in the season you can kind of recover after a day of of playing. Yeah, and. Uh, and mentally as well, just to get through the pre-season. And I feel great, and long may it continue. I'm loving my football in a minute. It must have been um, so frustrating for you the last couple of years. Obviously, when you first came back, you had the, the hamstring trouble and you played 16 times, and last season, the ankle ligament injury, and you missed the first half of the season. But I was having a look at your stats, and since breaking your leg at Blackburn, you've averaged over 40 games a season up until you return to QPR. So you are used to knocking out games week in, week out, and then you've come back and just had those two seasons of 
mental challenges as much as physical. So to get through a full pre-season, play the opening two games, be instrumental in, in both good performances and results, you must be delighted with how this season has started after two <coughs> tough ones. Definitely. Um, I've, I'll be honest, my whole career I've played games. Mm. I, I, like you say, you look at my stats there and I've always churned out games. And I love playing Saturday, Tuesdays. And uh, when we got into the Premier League, it was Saturday, Saturdays. And I felt great going into games. I got used to that schedule. Worked hard in the gym in the midweek and back into the championship. I, I, I fitted in again and, and played games. And I didn't change anything in my lifestyle. I'm very professional off the pitch. Obviously, you guys know me personally, and I, I like having a good time as well. But my football, I'm very serious with and look after myself. I didn't change anything in my life, and mm. it just happened. I got injuries, and there's not a lot you can do. And yeah. you, you're never going to look the same player while while you're trying to get back with those injuries. And I needed the, the clear patch of off season and a clear pre season to get back to feeling feeling really good and being able to enjoy my football and I think you know in the, in the last couple of weeks it shows that um, you know I feel fit um, my football's my football that's the style of play I, I play it's just now my body's allowing me to, to play like that again I'm really enjoying it so um, hopefully it continues Partnership with Connor you must be I know we're only two games in and you're experienced enough to say that all it is two games but you must be delighted the way that's sort of clicked um, starting with the Reading game last weekend Definitely. I have to say, I'm really enjoying playing with Connor. Um, it's nice to play with, with someone who can kind of share the responsibility of playing up front with you. And I think that we're a real threat together against teams. Um, I think that any centre-half um, partnership in this league would struggle against us. I honestly believe that. They're going to know they're in a game, aren't they? Yeah, and I think that that's, you know, I think in the Championship that, that goes a long, long way. And I think that... Um, Long may it continue. I think that, um, like I say, I'm really enjoying playing. I was delighted for him to score a couple of goals and get off the mark. I think you need your strikers to get off well, the mark. Off the mark you know, yeah, exactly. You so. know, I think that um, uh, I'm delighted as well to get off the mark, like we mentioned before. But I was really pleased for Connor to get off the mark and him to have that confidence now to go on and be be more natural in front of goal, which I feel he is. He is natural. Obviously, obviously that's why we brought him in the first place. Just. Because he was scoring goals, so if he cannot think about it and get into that groove, then then it's great. And I'm enjoying playing with him. And I think the more we play together, like any partnership, um, I think it's kind of been lost a little bit in in football of late partnerships within the pitch because there's so many there's squad rotation and and people play different systems. It's almost like a fashion um, goes goes round in circles. But I, I think it's very important to get a balanced and um, settled side I think as forward players you're always going to come in and out the team on form and and whatnot and that's fair enough you've got to, you've got to handle that in the right way because we've got other good strikers at the club as well so um, you know the onus is on us to, to, to set the tempo from the front and I'm more than happy to take that on but I'm, I'm enjoying playing with him You spoke about us not being a soft touch this season or you don't expect us to be a soft touch at any stage um, QBR fans would argue the last time we went to Norwich uh, on the final day of the season we were something of a soft touch is is it a bit of a revenge mission going to Carrow Road on, on Wednesday? I think any time you go to a game, a team the next time after you've been... you've been And so soon, really, isn't it? Because it's only yeah. a matter of, what, four or five games and then you're... Yeah. Albeit there's been a couple of months break in the same. Totally, but it's, a, it's on the forefront of fans who travelled there and the players who were playing. It's, it's an opportunity early on, which is another great thing with this league. You always get an opportunity quickly to 
to um, rectify what, what's gone wrong in the past. So um, we're, we're going there, to be honest with you, treating it like a game, a normal game. We're going there like to set up and the manager will want us to go there to get three points and the lads are in a good place confidence-wise. But it's a very tough place to go. Um, not just that we didn't play great on the last day. They're a good side mm. and they are going to beat a lot of teams this season. So... Um, it's not a, it's not an easy game. I think the fans appreciate that. All our staff and us as players appreciate that it's a tough game at any stage of the season. However, good couple of weeks um, going into it, and the added bit that um, we we owe them one, as it were, um, might give us that extra kind of yard to to, to go and do something. But uh, you know, I stress again, I've I've been at this football club a long time, and I feel you know we want to be at the right end of the, uh, the the league but we've played two league games um, and I'm loving it at the minute and so is the lads and we're in a great place if something doesn't go right in one game then we've seen flashes of what we should be as a team and I think going forward it's very very encouraging but we're not going to win every single game in the league or, or get great results but we've got to stick to what we we found very good mm. and I do believe that we can be successful if we carry on doing what we do <laughs> Great to get the views there of Jamie Mackey. Uh, Jamie Mackey, one who will be in action, we guess, against Norwich on Wednesday at Carrow Road. Um, the last time we went to Carrow Road was instantly forgettable. Um, you chuckle there, Mr. Sinton. Um, but what can we expect this Wednesday? Just like every other game in the uh, in the championship, a really difficult game. Norwich coming off the back of losing their first home game. You know, they'll probably have a reaction to that um, so yeah nothing short of a, a really really tough evening like you say a draw on the opening day uh, against Fulham and then uh, a heavy home defeat Sunday on Sunday 3-1 with Lewis Graben returning to, to haunt his old, his old side um, a new manager in Daniel Farke uh, I think I pronounced that correctly um, but the expectation levels will be the same at Carroll Road Paul. they'll expect promotion yeah absolutely they were I think they were at 8th last season but they were 10 points adrift but yeah, that, the expectation certainly at Norwich, they've got a big fan base there, will be to be challenging. And they'll be disappointed with the start they made. Yes, it is very early. I don't know since when you used to look at the league table at what point. I remember they didn't used to print it until it was six games in, I think. Yeah. In, in, whereas now it's there after one game. But already there are, I think, five points off the, the top four, which, all right, is ridiculously early, but it's five points they've mm. already got, got to make up. And... It seems he's got a bit of an issue as well with uh, Nelson Oliveira based on his uh, celebration on the opening day yeah. at Fulham where he so showed him his number nine shirt. And the reaction from the manager was he didn't play in the Carabao Cup and he came on as a late sub again uh, this weekend. So it's very early to be having problems like that. But I can you imagine do I know the answer to this one already because you're not that kind of guy, Andy. But did you ever have any of those issues with a manager where you celebrated a goal and almost effectively stuck two fingers up <clears> to <throat> him because that, that was what it appeared to be. No, um, maybe it was just me, but in my sort of day, you know, what the manager said you did, you just got on with it. Bearing in mind there wasn't a squad rotation, there wasn't the numbers available, etc., mm. etc. Et but, you know, um, no, I was quite happy just to play what the manager said did, I went and did. Did you... Were you in a team where a player did have an issue like that and very publicly showed his um, 
frustration towards the manager, what sort of impact does that have in the dressing room? Because we've seen it here, sorry to interrupt, we've seen it here with Adele Durapt over the years. He, he, on a number of occasions, he not necessarily would celebrate in front of the manager and rip his shirt off and show the number on the we, back of it. We but. actually saw it with Jamie Mackey, we've just spoken to, yeah. when he scored against, against Liverpool, Liverpool, the winner in the Premier League, and he turned and raised his arms towards Mark Hughes as if to say, there you go, why am I not starting? He also revealed that uh, on the Monday morning, Mark <laughs> Bowen said, good goal, we're not sure about the celebration. <laughs> but did you, did you, can you recall any instances? Not, that's uh, spring to mind, obviously the... Listen, playing every team has there's characters, there's differences. Every player thinks he should be playing. You know, um, managers are paid to to uh, pick teams, formations. They they get it right. They're a hero. They get it wrong. Everyone wants to be uh, critical of them. You know, but um, I think there's a positive element to to come out of things like that. But I actually, think it can be a real negative, as you're seeing or reported around at far bigger clubs at higher levels, not too far from here. You know. Um, in dressing rooms with players, with managers, etc., um, etc. Et so uh, I personally don't like to see it, but it's it's part of the modern game. Like we say, it is going to be tough, and we will be looking to exact revenge for that 4-0 drubbing on the final day. A positive start, like the start we made at Sheffield Wednesday, is going to be essential for that. Mm. Very much so. Again, you know, I have... I think I said in my first answer, you know, what, what do we expect? We'll expect a reaction from, from Norwich. Uh, you know, they got beat 3-1, but reading reports and seeing highlights, apparently they had the lion's share of the game, good in possession. Sunderland hit them on the break a couple of times. I think they conceded a horrendous first goal, yep. direct from a goal kick straight down the middle of the pitch. That won't please their manager. But, you know, they'll be up there, there or thereabouts. They underachieved last year. They've got some really, really good players. So, as I say, it's, it's game on again for QPR, but flip it around. What do we need to do? Do exactly what we've done in the last two games. The two league games have been excellent from the first whistle. Mm. Uh, you know, battered Reading in the first half. We're by far the better side up at Hillsborough in the first half on Saturday. So, more the, more the same. Silence the crowd, play your own game and see where that takes you. And we've been up to Norwich a number of times uh, over the 10 years or so that we've both been working at the club. And I, I don't recall many happy away days there. So, here's the time to end that. Yeah, it would be good. I wonder if it would actually be beneficial to the QPR players that it was so recently returning to the scene of the crime because they're all desperately disappointed with that final day defeat at Norwich at the end of last season. So to go back there so soon, it'll be fresh in the mind. Like we've said a number of times, the squad hasn't greatly changed. So the vast majority of those players that are involved on Wednesday will have been involved at the end of last season and they'll be keen to, to address that and put on a, a better display. So I think it can actually help us in a bizarre way, that we had such a recent disappointing result because it can only lift the players and galvanise them into what we hope is a better performance. And then straight off the back of that game on Wednesday is another home game. It does show the relentless nature of the championship. Whole City at Loftus Road at the weekend. Uh, recently relegated from the Premier League, as we all know, but um, after that opening day draw against Aston Villa, who are obviously won the early favourites for promotion. They gave Burton a good thrashing at the KC on Saturday. Yeah, relegated last year. You know, look for a while last season that they might pull off a, a sort of a great escape, but slipped through the trap door. Relatively gone under the radar this year, you know, with people tipping the likes of Villa and Middlesbrough and, you know, Wolves, people like that. But uh, Hull with the likes of Hernandez, who got three the other day. Klukas, I know there's a bit of talk about him, maybe... Maybe maybe going McGregor's a goalkeeper, Michael Dorsey, you know, that's a that's again in this this level it's a a good spine. A team and a squad packed with quality. And Leonard Slutsky, again I 
Slutsky and Farky in the same podcast. My word, they're testing us on this Monday morning. Done well, eh? um, So Leonard Slutsky um, is in charge there, and he's added to his squad um, Seb Larson and Fraser Campbell, two uh, of the standout names. But like you say, Andy, um, and I'll bring you in on this one, Paul, they have got a squad of not just championship players that know the division, but a little sprinkling of Premier League class as well. It shows the... Um, the challenge we face right from from the get-go in terms of the games we play we played Reading who were obviously made it to the the playoff final last season and then it's just one after another isn't it I mean Sheffield Wednesday back-to-back playoffs we play them and then Norwich coming up and then at the weekend it's Hull who have just been relegated it's such a a tough start and we all said that as soon as the fixtures came out Mark Bertram's reaction right from the off was I'd rather play them right at the start let's get going and you know we've got to play them at some point let's tackle it head-on almost and let's test ourselves and we've come through the, the first two games brilliantly with four points I know some people were predicting we wouldn't get a single point in the opening month so it does show how tough a start we had every team we're playing in, in August it seems are teams that would expect and hope to finish in the top six Norwich fifth favourites Hull are four favourites and, and like, you, like Paul says there that says everything you need to know about the challenge we are going to face at Loftus Road this weekend yeah good side as I say Slipped under the radar a little bit, but uh, they're a quality side, you know. The striker I liked, Hernandez, got, he's up and running with a hat-trick already, you know. we scored goals in the Premier League, so we're going to have to be in our metal. We're going to have to be right at it, but the way we've started the, the, the opening campaign, no fear. And Loftus Road, in the immediate aftermath of the game against Reading, everybody was talking about, right, this is the marker we've set now. Let's make this place a fortress. And if you can follow up a victory against Reading on the opening day with a victory against another side who many expect to be promoted in Hull City, that's a terrific start. Yeah, a, a brilliant start. And also, you, the Loftus Road crowd are always, I think, at their best when we're up against a team that are fancied. And we had it against Red, and you could sense the fans were really up for it. If we, we've had a good result at Hillsborough, if we can follow that with a good result at Carrow Road, then go to Hull, it'll add a few bums on seats. To host Hull, it will add a few bums on seats at Loftus Road. And I can just sense that the crowd will be really up for it. And then it's the whole chicken egg we spoke about, whether the, the team start first or the crowd start first. And hopefully, again, it will be like it was on the opening day, and we can start quickly on the pitch, and the fans will get going off the pitch. <laughs> 